So we're getting ready here in just one moment. One, oh, we're Are y'all excited? Did you have a good weekend? It was a great weekend. Yeah. It was a great weekend. It was And great. are y'all excited? Because we're going to talk about, the Lord's kind of given me some, I was seeking the Lord. There's so many topics that we can talk about every day. Oh, yeah. And sometimes the difficult part is not, it's not material, it's much material. <laughs> and which one does the Lord want to say today? Yeah. yeah. And, so as I was praying about that this morning, the Lord said, I want you to talk about the beginning of leadership. And we're, what we're going to do is we're actually going to do a leadership series coming up soon. I need to make some refinements to my notes that I have before I present it here because I want you to get the fresh stuff. But, um, but today I wanted to talk about the beginnings of leadership yeah. and talk about that. And um, one of the things that, one of the things that I like uh, looking at in leadership is everybody's called to be a leader, mm -hmm. right? Everybody is called to be a leader. And so one of the things, let's, let's look at this, and if you would, uh, will you read Matthew 28 and verse 18 through 20? And I want you all to see how everybody is called to be a leader uh -huh. uh, in that. Now, you have... And I want to address this a little bit more in detail later, but you have some scripture that says, don't be called a leader, don't be called a father. And then you have another scripture that says, uh, you know, you have many fathers. So it's kind of like, it looks like it's contradictory, but it's not. The problem is our understanding of it in the English language. Yeah. Obviously, we're called to lead people, but I think the biggest point is don't, search, don't seek for a title. You know, yeah. <clears throat> don't seek for a title on that. We can talk more about that later. But I want you to read this and, and see how everybody is called to be a leader. And uh, But then also, uh, buddy, if you'll pull up Ephesians chapter 4 and starting around uh, verse 11, and I want you to see, is God telling us, every person that's in the body of Christ, is God telling us to be a leader? And so go ahead and read yeah. that if you would. 18 through 20? Eight, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Yep. Okay. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So where is the leadership in that verse? Um, I, I mean, I think he's giving it to everyone to go and make disciples. Yeah. I think every, so, yeah, y'all discuss it. I'm not just going to jump in. So y'all discuss, like, what do you see in that? Well, being a disciple, raise up disciples. Yeah. Basically, leadership is discipleship. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. putting biblical principles into other people and raising them up mm -hmm. into the stature of Christ to be like Christ. That's yeah. what yeah. discipleship is. Discipleship is leadership. Yeah. I, I think yeah. so often the body of Christ is thought that only like the fivefold are supposed to raise up disciples. But the, he's, he's telling all authority has been given to me. He's not saying, he says go, therefore. Yeah. He's not saying fivefold, go. That's right. He's speaking to the... He's speaking to the body of Christ and mm -hmm. saying, you all go and make disciples. Yeah. It's not just, it's not just, well, these specific people 
we're all commanded to go. You have to be a leader to raise up disciples. Yeah. You can't yeah. just be like, okay, well, do you feel like chasing after God today? Right. You have to be a leader. So read that verse. The you know few verses there. Yeah, probably just a couple there in mm-hmm. Ephesians four. Read that, buddy. Yeah. Um, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to be mature, to, uh, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Okay, and so... What does it tell us that in the very first part of that, what does it tell us that we, that the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, what are we training and equipping the saints for? The work of the ministry. The work of ministry. Mm-hmm. And the work of ministry is to make disciples yeah. and yeah. To, to win souls, mm-hmm. make disciples, which means to lead people. In other yeah. words, yeah. the work of ministry is service. In other yeah. words, anytime you see the word ministry, you could put in there to yeah. serve. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, minister means to serve. Jesus came and served us. So uh, that's one of the first points that, that we see about this is how ministry is serving, right? Yeah. But yeah. leadership is serving. And when we go into leadership, one of the major points that I want us to see is that Every believer is called to be a leader because every believer is called to minister and to serve. Every believer. So if you're watching this and you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are called to lead and you are called to minister and you are called to serve. Right? Yeah. This this is a major, a major, major point is every person's called to lead. So some people can sit back and say, well, I don't need to watch that because I'm not a leader. Au contraire. No, that's that's incorrect, you know. Uh, It is not, you know, speaking of Paris, you know, (laughs) via London. um, There's, (laughs) no, we're, we are called to lead. Yeah. Yeah. We are called to lead. And so for us to sit back and not grow in our leadership ability is to bury the talents that God's already told us we're supposed to have. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see that? Do y'all see that? And so who in here, put it in the comments right now, who, I'm asking you to acknowledge that, who watching right now is called to be a leader? Who's called to be a leader? And if that's you, say, I'm called to be a leader. And when you see that, I think it makes a difference in how we approach things. That means, you know, if I'm, think about this, if I have a major meeting of the church, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Do I expect the ELT to be there? Yeah. They better be, or why are they on the leadership team? If they don't believe in enough to yeah. be at the major meetings that that the church has, right. I'm not saying it's an absolute. They have to be there every single time. They can't ever take a vacation. That's not it at all. But for the most part, mm-hmm. for yeah. the for the majority of time, yeah. if they're not willing to be at those, look at look at this. Look, I'm called to be a leader. I'm called yeah. to be a leader. Amen. Kevin yeah. says this guy. <laughs> I'm called to be everybody. Brandy says yeah. me. Amen. And uh, look at that. That's so awesome. Caleb, I'm called to be a leader. That's exactly right. Yeah. But think about this, because when we get that inside of us, yeah. then it changes how we look at things. Mm-hmm. Totally. 
Because now if I'm actually called to lead and to minister and to serve, if I'm called to do that, I can't sit by on the sidelines when it's time to grow. I've got to continue growing, and I have to yeah. be present, yeah. right? So, you know, let's say that you went, uh, let's say that you went to, uh, you know, the leadership training last year. Yeah. You know, it, let's say we went over to the leadership training with Pastor JB at Lead 21. Well, yeah. when Lead 22 comes around, I mean, we went last year, right? But a leader is saying, I'm not going to sit still. Yeah. Because I'm a leader, I've got to grow. I've got to. I've got to re- yeah. have these things repeated to me. I've got to remember these things. I've got to continue to grow. I can't sit here and bury talents when I have the yeah. ability to grow. Yeah. I can't right. do that. And see, a leader will think that way, but somebody who doesn't feel like they're a leader, they'll be like, "I don't really need that. I don't yeah. have to have that." Yeah. You, you see, yeah. and yeah. and when they think that way, they don't realize, but they are totally quenching the power of, of God in their future. Yeah. When we, when we don't see what God has told us to be. So really what we're doing is we're identifying with what the Lord has told us to do right. and who we are called to be, and I'm going to get in position so that God can equip me yeah. and train me to do what he's called to do. Yeah. You see? I think so many times people have, myself included, identified so much more with the physical than with what God says about this. Right. So, like, right. as as a kid, I used to be so shy. And even now, like, I've had to put down feelings of, like, in certain situations, like, I could dip back into, like, being really shy and stuff. And that has kept, I know, so many people back from leadership. And, well, I can't do that. You know, some people are yes. made to be a leader. Some people are made to be a follower. And I'm just meant to be here in the background. I'm not supposed to lead anyone because uh, this is this is the way that yep. God made me. I'm just a quiet person, shy, and all this stuff. And then I identify with that stuff and fail to look at, or they'll just kind of skip over the parts where God says, no, you go make disciples. It yeah. doesn't matter whether you naturally feel yeah. like you're quieter or louder, no, it doesn't matter at all because there is something greater on the inside of you. The Great Commission is built into you when you take Jesus on, when you get saved, it's in your DNA. You are called to be a leader. So whether you know it or not, you've got to step into that. It's in you, but you've got to let it out. That's good. And I can say from my personal experience as like, I've asked the Holy Spirit for help and, like, stepped into that. Yeah. That has felt so much more natural yeah. than, like, well, I'm just going to be shy and not say anything and just hide in the corner. Like, God God has put stuff on the inside of each and every one of us, and that is so much more real than That's this right. physical flesh. Yeah, yeah. We should never use our personality traits as an oh, excuse no. to be disobedient to God. You know? yeah. yeah. You know, it's basically We should take our about. personality, yeah. actually, from yeah. what this word says. Yeah. Right. That's our true identity yeah. in Christ. And yeah. everybody right. has different giftings, yeah. right? Yeah. Everybody has different giftings, but we should take it from what he says, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. You, you and I were having a conversation right before we came in, in here and one of the things that I was doing was challenging you to reach out into what God's, you know, told you to do, yeah. told you to be. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, 
your flesh is not going to want to do that. You know, yeah. what we were talking about, we were talking about putting on praise and doing different things. Yeah. Our flesh doesn't want to do that, but God says to. Yeah. Yeah. So we find our identity there yeah. instead of how we feel. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when we do that, we actually open up our future yeah. for the future of God to come in. Yeah. yeah. And there's grace in that. If God gave us yes. instruction totally. to, That's right. to lead, to make disciples, and we yeah. might feel right. like we're not able to, the re- God, if there's an instruction, there's a grace to accomplish it. You know? Yes. And um, so when God tells us to lead, when he tells us to do that, whether we feel like we're a leader or not, the grace is there to do it. Yeah. And, the, and we just need to learn to draw on that grace. And That's if we're good. doing it right, it's not us doing it. Yeah. It's him doing it. Mm-hmm. We're just we're just saying, Lord, help help me to, you know, do this. It's all it's Jesus doing it. Yeah. It's not me. It's not by my ability. Yeah. It's not by your ability. It's by his ability. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So I want to jump in right now and put this put this in the comments is three points of beginning leadership. Three points of beginning leadership. Put that in the comments right now. Three points of beginning leadership. I just printed some stuff. Will you grab that or have somebody? And uh, three points of beginning leadership. So the first thing that I want you to see is point number one is a leader begins by leading themselves. A leader begins, put that in the comments, point number one, a leader begins leadership by leading yeah. themselves, yeah. right? You can't, you will only lead and impart who you are. You will only lead and impart who you are. And so yeah. if you have not worked on yourself and then you try to lead people, you're only going to impart to other people who you are. So you're only going to impart the level that you've come to. So a leader must begin by leading themselves. Yeah. Leadership must begin by leading themselves. Let's look at a few scriptures. So uh, if you would turn to Matthew 7, 3 through 5, and then if you would, buddy, turn to 2 Timothy 2, 15. So a leader must begin by leading themselves, okay? Yeah. A leader must begin by leading themselves. So Matthew 7, 3 through 5, if you'll read that. Okay, Matthew 7. Uh, why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Right, so looking at that, what do we, what do we see? What do we see about that? Deal with yourself first. <laughs> Deal, yeah. Deal with, your, yeah. Deal with yourself yeah. first. Now, think about that, though. When people have this idea of leadership, when they have this idea of leadership, what's generally the first thing they think about? Others. Or- huh? Yeah. They, they think about being seen. They think about, you know, people pointing their attention towards them. I mean, that's what people think about as far yeah. as leadership. But what does the Bible tell us? Like, he says, look, look at yourself. Yeah. You know, you need to look at yourself. Yeah. You know, before, because ultimately, think about this. Ultimately, isn't leadership leading people from a lower position to a higher position? Yeah. I mean, it's not, uh, it's really bad leadership to lead them from a high position to a low <laughs> position, right? Yeah. So leadership is actually taking 
people and influencing people and leading them yeah. from a low position to a high position, uh, leading them to a better position, right? Yeah. All right, so now the question is, uh, wouldn't that mean that it would also be leading them from a lower wisdom or a lower knowledge or a lower uh, place to a higher place? So all of these things yeah. go hand in hand. It's the same thing. One of the things that you see is that when you're leading people, you're taking them from a lack of revelation to a higher revelation, from one a, a lower place to a higher place. So leadership yeah. is constantly increase. Leadership is yeah. uh, helping people have the fruit of increase. Okay, um, you know, put that in the comments. Leadership is helping people have the fruit of increase. It's serving yeah. people with the fruit of increase, right? Leadership is serving people with the fruit of increase. So one of the things that you see is that people a lot of times have in their head that leadership is simply getting the acclaim, getting the praise for it, like being seen as a leader. But without the fruit of increase in their lives, have they yeah. actually been a leader? No, no. So, but how can we take somebody to a higher revelation and a higher increase if we don't have that revelation ourselves? Yeah. There's no way possible. So the first thing about leadership is we have to work on ourselves. Yeah. We have to work on ourselves. So the number one, your number one ministry, and you can put this in the comments, your number one ministry is yourself. And I'm not talking about sitting around feeding yourself grapes, you know, like, like, oh, I'm serving myself. Oh, this is great, you know, and dessert for everybody, me, you know, <laughs> it's, that's not what it is. It's not, you know, like I'm going to serve my, I'm a minister to myself right now. I'm about to go get this pint of Ben and Jerry's out of the refrigerator and serve myself. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the number one ministry is you Learning to put down your own flesh and yeah. grow in spiritual things. Yeah. That's our number one ministry. It's this, it's this verse right here. Get the log out of our own eye before yeah. we try to remove the speck out of other people's. Other people's. Um, this is a major, major point. The, our number one ministry is to grow ourselves. Yeah. And if we're not willing <laughs> to grow ourselves, then here's the question. If we're not growing ourselves then are we serving others? No, that's not possible. We have to grow ourselves. Yeah. You know, we, have to, we have to not stop growing. You know, I liked what I saw. Um, I was, we were in our master's class the other day, and I was teaching. And one of the points that the, the person wrote was, in America, we have this idea of being a student, and a student is for a specific period of time that we will yield to that learning. Uh, but what, what they said was, I'd rather us call ourselves, we're not students, but because of that stereotype, yeah. but we're learners. In other yeah. words, we never stop learning. Right. We're learners for the rest of our lives. We right. keep growing. We keep, we keep doing these things, yeah. right? And you can see by this that we must grow and we must learn. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, one of the things that... Like, be just because you're in a position of leadership doesn't mean you're a good leader. Obviously, that's um, right. Uh, one one of the things you know that can be a, 
good temp be a huge temptation when it and why I, I feel like some people desire positions of leadership is because they're more quick to point out the faults in other people and mm -hmm. try to correct other people yeah. rather than look at themselves and yeah it, yeah like one of the ways to avoid your own issues is to point out other people's issues <laughs> that's right you know that's right and and so it's important for us to that i, I believe that's why we're starting off with yeah. this is we yeah. need to learn to work on yeah. ourselves because if we don't work on ourselves, then we can try to point things out in other people, but they won't hear us because mm -mm. there's a big, massive log in our own eye. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, and, that's and, right. Uh, and if and so leadership is not, uh, it's not like obviously there's there's discipline in leadership and there's you know moments when you know you need to point things out in other yeah. people in leadership. Yeah. Sure. But if we're not willing to to allow the Holy Spirit in our own authority in our own leadership yeah. to point things out in us. You yeah. know, are we, would we be willing to say, God, I want you to expose my insecurities. I want you to expose the things that are in me that shouldn't be there. You know, like, yeah. I, there, there are some people who will say that, but they won't, they, they won't mean it. Yeah. They yeah. don't want those things to come up. They don't want to have to deal with those things. But the reason why we deal with those things and mm -hmm. take the log out of our own eyes so that we're better equipped, <laughs> you know, yes. to help, yeah. help others, you know, with, with what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we can, like, one thing that helps, like, motivate me in times of, like, discipline and stuff and disciplining myself is knowing that by disciplining myself, I am exactly what you just said, able to better help other people. Yeah. Like, if I can just take the time of, hey, I need to discipline myself in this area. I need to get better at this. I need to learn more about this because then I can better help someone. That's all the motivation you yeah. need to yeah. get something done. Yeah. Well, and one of the things, so seeing ourselves as leaders and understanding that our, our job is to work on ourselves, yeah. um, but we need to take a look at the fruit. The Lord, you know, several years ago, and you all know this, as the Lord really started dealing with me about fruit and fruitfulness in myself and in the church and just in general, we need to have fruit. So it's yeah. not good enough to just be active if there is no fruit. You know, it'd kind of be like, what if I went out and planted a garden every single year, but I never actually took any vegetables or fruit out of that, out of that garden, right? Yeah. If there was no fruitfulness, if there was no har harvest, eventually I'm going to be like, what in the world am I doing all this work for? You know, what's yeah. the point? Yeah. Honestly, that's the place that many churches have been yeah. because they've been having church for years and they're only winning one or two people to the Lord a year. Yeah. Like the average is less than two people per year coming to the Lord. Like, what's the point of that? You know, yeah. what, like all of the other stuff we can actually do in heaven. We can, yeah. we can be discipled in heaven. We have no sickness, no disease in heaven. We have all the prosperity that we need in heaven. What's the point of being here if it's not to win souls? And if a church is not being fruitful enough to a church with a $100,000 budget and 100 people in the congregation, which is your average church, and you have less than two souls being one, yeah. we'll, most, most of the people here will win that in at least a month. You know, most yeah. people here will win a couple of souls a month at Boomerang. You know, it's like that's a that's an easy. Actually, it's the average is more than that. You oh, know, yeah. and uh, so the point is, why even have church if yeah. that's what your fruit is? You know, and the Lord yeah. really, the Lord really challenged me on that. But now, taking that thought of fruitfulness into leadership and being a good leader, it, watch this now. 
a good leadership structure or organization or a leadership system can hide bad leaders. Yeah. And so you can have actually a good leadership structure with a person that just kind of came in and inherited that, yeah. but they're not really a good leader, but because somebody in front of them set up a good leadership structure, they succeed, but the question is, do they succeed on the level that they should? And that's where every individual, what I'm going back to is every individual needs to take responsibility for their own leadership. If you don't, if you don't believe me, I mean, look at how many organizations were doing well until the actual leader passed away or the actual yeah. leader passed it to somebody else, right? Yeah. And the, the organization was doing well because they were a good leader, not because the people under them were good leaders. Because right. if they were good leaders, if they were actually good leaders, then as soon as they left, it would multiply even more. Yeah. But it doesn't because their lack of leadership was hidden in, and actually there was kind of like some mercy on their leadership because they actually oh. had a good leader or had a good leadership structure. So what does that mean? That means that everybody in there that wasn't a good leader, they weren't really judging themselves. Yeah. They weren't really looking at their own actual fruit. They were taking their successes as personal when it was actually should have been attributed to somebody else. Yeah. Good leadership looks at fruitfulness, right? Yeah. Good leadership looks at fruitfulness. And let's let's read that verse now, 2 Timothy 2.15. And uh, I'm going to read it in the King James, and then I want you to read it. You got New American? Okay. I'm going to read it in King James first because we know this verse. Talking to Timothy, who was a pastor, who was a leader. Yeah. Timothy... Study to show yourself approved unto God. Like, not Timothy, study to lead people. Timothy, study to work on yourself. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, Timothy, work on you. This was the Holy Spirit's instruction through the Apostle Paul to a pastor, to an actual leader, and here's what the Holy Spirit was saying. Timothy, pastor, leader, work on yourself. Work mm -hmm. on yourself, okay? Uh, read it in the New American. Take a little bit of time. because Don't just jump over it. Okay. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. So see... What is he telling? What is he telling Timothy to do here again? What's our number one? Our number one work in leadership is what? Working, Working on ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Our number one work in ministry is to continue to work on ourselves. Yeah. To not to not sit there and just coast or surf because we popped up on the wave, you know? No, yeah. we work to keep going faster, stronger increasing. I love the verse, Luke 2.52. You can put it in the comments. I love that verse. And yeah. Jesus kept increasing yeah. in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He did not sit still. He kept increasing. He kept working on himself. Yeah. Well, I think that attacks a, a large thinking and like just the American thought process. And it, it goes back to a rival mentality of, yeah. I, my dream is to get to this place of leadership. Yeah. So I will like 
I will be a leader in my company, or I will own my own business, or I'll be CEO of something. And they have this huge dream of arriving to this place and then settling. Yeah, like yeah. this is where I'm dreaming of getting yep. to. And once I get there, I'm comfortable. Yes. I'm, this is where my dream is. I have arrived and I will just kind of coast my life on that high. I'll yeah. be a great leader and stuff. But you see in the word and you see in, in real life, the best leaders aren't the ones who are arriving and then just, oh, I've got this title. I'm going to stay here. Yep. They're constantly searching for more, constantly trying to grow themselves. And that's, that's what the word says. We can't yeah. just be searching for an arrival point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, and one of the things that reminds me of the story of that, you know, was, was in the New Testament about the man who had all the stuff and he was covetous. Yeah. And he yeah. said, I'll tear down my barns and I'll build more so that I can hold more. And in other words, he got to an arrival point and then he just kind of like boasted on his own success. Yeah. But he stopped advancing. He stopped having a purpose because of that. And he, and he was covetous over that. And that's the one that the Lord said tonight. Your life will be demanded of you. You know, tonight your life will be demanded of you. And so when you see that, you start to realize like, oh my goodness, this is not the right approach. We need to be growing. We need to be learning. Our number one ministry is to ourselves. We must keep growing in leadership, in spiritual things. We must keep increasing. Anything else on that? Okay. Point number two. This is huge. Point number two. We've already kind of mentioned this, but leadership is actually leading people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's leading people. Where it's moving to another place, it's not being praised by them. Leadership is not being praised by them. Leadership is actually leading people. Um, lead- In other words, we're going somewhere, we're doing something, we're accomplishing something. So we can say that we're a leader, but a couple of things, if people aren't following, we're not a leader. We can say that we're a leader, but if we're not producing and going to a new place of fruitfulness, we're not leading. We can say that we're a leader, but if all we really want is just for people to look at us and to praise us, that's not leadership. Leadership is serving and it's helping people go to new levels. It's leadership has the idea of this. I love this picture. Leadership has this idea that a leader, uh, most people have the idea of a, here's all the people leader. Most people have this idea of leadership being this guy standing up on, on the top and he, and he's coming and he's pulling these people up and like this. But real biblical leadership actually is this idea. The leader comes and says, here, let me lift you up, right? In other words, there's actually people that are being lifted up to another level. I'm going to come place myself in the position of serving you. I'm going to come and I'm going to place myself in the position of serving you to lift you up. And, you know, that puts me lower. That puts me lower. And so when you have the idea of everybody looking up at you, you've already flipped leadership on its head. 
Yeah. Right? And that's when it says don't don't be a leader. It's basically saying don't put yourself in a high position. Put yeah. yourself in a low position that lifts up other people, yeah. right? And if you don't have, and, and watch this, if you don't have a group of people being lifted up by you, then you're not a real leader. Yeah. You're not a real leader. So uh, Matthew, if you'll look at uh, Luke 22, mm-hmm. 25 through 27, 22, 25 through 27, and, and I'm going to read Matthew 23, 11. Matthew 23, 11 says, Unless, do you have that already? Uh, no, I'll pull it out. Okay, I got it, I got it. Matthew 23, 11 says, but the greatest among you shall be your servant. The greatest, the greatest shall be your servant. In other yeah. words, they're serving other people. So just think about that. Think about it again in terms of position. This really helped me to... Um, this really helped me to correct my thoughts on leadership because I would say how I viewed leadership from my surrounding and my background, how I viewed leadership was the people on one level and I was on a higher level and I was speaking to them, telling them what to do, right? And they would follow me, you know, like this, right? And that was my idea of leadership. But the problem is that was the wrong, that was unbiblical. The, the, and I want you to see it right here because I think it's the verse before this. It's the verse before this that says don't be called a leader, right? Yeah. And so what they're saying is don't put yourself on a higher level. That's actually what it's saying. Don't put yourself or think of yourself on a higher level. And so when I would speak, I would say, you guys need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do that. And I remember Pastor JB coming to me and saying, you say you a lot. You say you a lot. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I mean, it was kind of hard for me to see it any other way. Like, what yeah. wouldn't I tell them? Why, why wouldn't <laughs> I say you guys? You know, why wouldn't I yeah. say you need to do this? You know, why yeah. wouldn't I do that? And what he was saying is, I never put myself in the same boat. It was always me in a different boat. I, I always saw myself at a different level speaking to other people at a low level. Yeah. And they may be at a lower level. And, yeah. and that, was what, that was what I was having a hard time getting over. All right, uh, granted, I may have studied more. I may have a gifting for that and everything. But if I'm not willing to get in the boat with them, yeah. I am not a good leader. Yeah. If I'm not willing to come and be the servant and lift them up, then mm-hmm. I'm not a good leader. I'm actually not a leader. I'm a dictator. Yeah. And I was having a hard time leading people, and I didn't know why. It's because yeah. I had a you mentality instead of a we mentality, right? Yeah. And so a lot of times, in order to do that, I've got to look at myself differently. So when I got that visual, that really helped me. The Lord, I believe, gave me that visual of me standing up on this platform above other people saying, you you know, you know, guys, come on. And I was trying to love them. I, I was, it wasn't like I was trying to be a, a dictator. It was just, yeah. that's how I thought. That's how I believed in it, you know. That's how I was raised in so many different areas. It's definitely the way the Marines worked, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you better get up here. You know, that was, that was definitely the way that system, that leadership system worked. Yeah. But it's not how this leadership system worked and not how true leadership works. And I, again, point number two, leadership is 
leading people, not being praised by them, or leadership is serving them. And so I had to get the idea that my job was not to sit up top and tell them what to do. My job was to come up underneath and serve them and push them up, right? Serve them and push them up. In other words, I'm supporting them. I'm helping them go to that place to the point where they can go on their own and they're growing on their own, and I'll continue to give them pieces that will help them to do that themselves. Let me show you how to do this. Let me show you how how to serve. So the greatest among you will be the servant. And that means, you know, and it's a very fine line because it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. On Sunday morning, I can't come back and run the sound and, and, and make sure the bathrooms are clean. And I can't do all of that. I can't greet everybody at the door. And I can't serve everybody at one time. So there's this very interesting transition. And, it, and it's not, but it's still a serving yeah. where... You're serving people by giving them what they need to do the ministry, which goes back to Ephesians 4. I'm going to empower you. I'm giving you the support spiritually, the words. I'm going to give you the ministry. I'm going to give you the truth of the word of God so that you can support yourself, and I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to get down in there and show you how to do that, but then that way you can do it on your own, and you can fulfill your part of now being a great leader by serving yeah. as well. And so it's an interesting transition to that, uh, and many people I, I feel like don't handle that well, and I'm definitely still learning at it, but I have to see that leadership is actually moving people to fruitfulness and leading people, not just being seen by them or praised by them. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. That's how he led. You know, the, the scripture that just came to me was in Philippians chapter 2, whenever it, and, you know, you see the leadership in this. It's, uh, verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but yeah. with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Yes. Don't merely look on your own personal interest, but also the interest uh, of others. And that's when he goes on to say, Have this attitude which was in Christ, you know, who, yes. who you know, existed in the form of God, didn't regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, emptied himself, Yes. Um, being made in the likeness of men, you know, uh, and being obedient even to death. And yes. now he's seated at the right hand of God. Yes. So, like, yeah. you, see, you see the flow of it is, like, Jesus, you know, even though he was on a completely different level as us, he emptied himself, you know, yeah. What, yeah. It says, what the word says. He emptied of himself of that yes. to become like man so he can lift mankind up that's with right. him. Yeah. That's know, right. In, in that's that. right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I love that picture, and you've heard me say it. I love that picture of Jesus didn't, wasn't born in like a crystal castle yeah. you know, or a gold castle or a yeah. diamond castle. He was born in a manger in a stable, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. He was born in the barn. And so basically, born in a barn in a Bethlehem, um, <laughs> if you know the Christmas song, uh, basically, he was, he decided... I'm going to come to the lowest portion. And you can see the leadership of it. I'm going to come to the lowest person on earth. I'm going to be born in a lower position than pretty much everybody anywhere. And from that point, as the Lord lifts me up, I will will lift everybody up with me. It's leadership 101. And so he went to that place and he got down on that place with us at our lowest. 
And as the Lord, as he moved up and increased, yeah. he, he brought us with him. He made a way for us to go with him. Yeah, and it, we see a true leader puts on that love yeah. for the people to lead. Yes. He yeah. never could have done that if he didn't love the people. Yes, that's Every right. Every person that he was going to lead up, yeah. he had to have that love to be able to take him from that highest of high places yeah. to come all the way down. That is that is the symbol of yeah. what real yes. love is. Yeah. And as a leader, we have to have love. That's right. Or else we cannot be a leader. Well, and I'm going to give you a symptom of when I, I knew my mindset had made a good change in this area. I'm going to give you a symptom. So this is... Before I made before I made this change, I'm going to give you a symptom of how your mind will look at things when it makes the right change. And this was a noticeable change in me. And I can tell when I'm off base if this flips back. And so I'll catch it and and you know make myself go back to it. But work on my heart. I'll work on me. If I notice this change or this flip, I will work on me until it flips back to the right place. And so one of the things that I noticed was my thoughts, right? My thoughts up until this change was, God's given me this vision. We're going to go accomplish this. We're going to go and we're going to make these things happen, right? We're going to yeah. accomplish this vision. That was my thoughts. Now, that, that doesn't sound that bad because yeah. it's a God-given vision. But when this change in my heart flipped from, you guys to we, what started happening was even in my prayer time, I stopped praying about the vision of just the ministry. I know that the bigger the ministry is, the more people we can help. So I'm not, I'm not unaware of that fact. Yeah. But I noticed that a large portion of even my prayer time went more like this. Lord, I, I just pray right now for Buddy. Yeah. Buddy and Serena, Lord, lift them up. Bring, yeah. let their finances come to what they need. Let, let that anointing come into them. Let them be gifted. Lord, what is it that needs to activate in them so that they can go to the next yeah. level today? Lord, this, this, you know, this couple, they've been challenged with this for so long and so many years. Lord, let, let's, in the name of Jesus, yeah. break them out of that. Break the bondage of that. In other words, and that goes back to that verse that you just read that says, consider others higher than yourselves, yeah. than yourself. So in other words, my goals took a back seat to what other people's goals were. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. And by doing that, actually my goals would be accomplished. Mm -hmm. You see? So when, when the goals of other people and the blessing of other people became my number one priority instead of my own, even if it was God-given, that's when, that's when the heart got right. That's a symptom of having that leadership correctly. Yeah. That's, that's a symptom of, of that, of having the right heart towards it. That doesn't mean you're yeah. a good leader. It just means that your heart is right towards serving people in that way. It's, it's one symptom. It's not an absolute, but it is one symptom. And if I notice a change in that, and the change is not for the people, yeah. Then, you know, it's kind of like, I, this verse has been coming up to me recently about, you know, the Sabbath, man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. You know, yeah. our fellowship here at Boomerang Church, our fellowship, our, even our family on What's Right and the broadcast, 
We don't do this broadcast to build an organization. The organization, man was not built for the organization, made for the organization. The organization was made to serve man, right? To serve people. So it's not that the people need to build an organization. It's that an organization is there to serve the people, right? And that's why every day we want to give you content and truth from the Word of God Mm -hmm. that serves you, that helps you be who God's called you to be to fulfill that destiny. Yeah. It just brought up something in me that I, like, hold really dear to me. Um, And this is something that in leadership I've learned from you is that what what you're saying with a leader is not seeking his own will. He's not seeking his own like building up of his own house is not seeking to look out for himself first, but putting that yeah. aside and looking out for the the best for his team. And I yeah. mean, you just think of it logically, think of like a team of 10 people. If that leader is looking for the best for those 10 people and putting his will aside and yeah. leading them to do the same, yeah. then you've, you've got those other nine people are looking yeah. for the best of his interest, looking yeah. for his best interest, not to mention God. Yeah. God yeah. will ensure that your yeah. best interest is kept. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's biblical, and it makes so much sense. Well, if you think about this, so if my eyes, again, point number two, leadership is leading people, not being praised by them. Yeah. If my heart is towards my myself and, like, growing and growing the manifestation of the anointing in myself, then I'm going to want people to see that. You know, all right, hey, I got healed by Pastor Brian's hand, that kind of thing. Um, But the problem is when you get to the end of a life and the end of a journey and all it is is by your hand, but nobody behind you has it by their hand. Nobody has any anointing flowing through them, right? Then... What kind of legacy is that? Well, you did it good, but you passed nothing on. You passed, you know, one of Elijah's greatest miracles that's not really recorded as a miracle is the fact that Elijah did twice as many miracles as him. Yeah. That's his, to me, that's his greatest miracle in that way was that he he had, uh, you know, somebody that came up behind him that did more than he did. Yeah. That's a great testimony. That's a great testimony. Yeah. You know? So one of the things that you see is, I, I've noticed this, is I, if only miracles take place by my hand, then I've failed. I feel like I've failed. Because the point yeah. is, back to Ephesians 4, train and equip the saints for the yeah. work of ministry. So if only the supernatural comes through me, I've missed it. That's not fruitfulness in the body. That's fruitfulness in one person. Yeah. You see, so leadership is leading people. It's teaching. It's training. It's it's, that's why I was taking a few minutes with you right before we walked in is, you know, this is something I had to learn. I had to learn how to do this, and it took me a while to even know to put words to it. But now I'm teaching you early on how to do this, and this will totally change. Yeah. You know, your leadership ability and, and all of it, it'll totally change it. I've learned it. I've, I've gotten a hold of it now, but uh, it, it was, man, it's a big deal. 
But if you don't know it and you don't know how to do it, the topic that he and I were talking about, that's what it's all about is yeah. let me get this in you. You know, one of my one of my greatest moments was when you actually said, you know, man, I could feel the power of God flowing through me. Even though you weren't here, I could feel yeah. that anointing flowing through me. I was like, oh man, what a what a great testimony. That's what we're yeah. after. It's not it's not just about being seen by others. It's about having those things start to manifest in others. Yeah. You know, having those things of God. Amen. Yeah. All right. Point number three, and this is actually where I won't where I started today. Those other everything else has been, you know, just extra. So <laughs> this is actually where I really wanted to start uh, today, but it's point number three at this at this point. Point number three is in order to begin being a good leader, you must believe in people. You must believe in people. And I have a couple of stories, and then I'll give you some verses to back this up, but oh, we never read the other verse. Uh, the other verse on point two, you can just put it in the comments. Go look it up later. Luke 22, verse 25 through 27. Luke 22, verse 25 through 27. Okay, so you must believe in people. Um, I remember... I don't remember who I heard that from, but I definitely had a moment. I'm going to tell the story about being a good coach. And I had a, had a moment where I realized I was not a good coach, which basically was saying I was not a good leader. I recognized and I, I faced the facts and the truth or that I was not, or faced the facts that I was not a good coach. I was not really a good leader. Um, that hurt. I was not happy about figuring that out, but I knew that it was a fact. I knew it was a fact. And we're talking about years after me pastoring, years after we started Boomerang that I figured this out. And uh, that's a bad time to figure it out. <laughs> but is there really ever a bad time to figure it out? No, and not really, because when you do figure that out, at least you have the basis from which to start. Yeah. And so I figured out I was not a good leader, not a good coach. And then I had somebody say, say this statement. Everybody is looking for someone to believe in them. Everybody yeah. wants somebody to believe in them. And when they said that, it rung true, but I didn't get full revelation of it. Uh, really, really, I think it was, there was a moment where we had somebody that really kind of stabbed us in the back you know, in the church, really just kind of stabbed us in the back. And I was talking to Pastor Gene Alexander and uh, just love him so much. Yeah. And uh, he was on the phone with me and he said, uh, he basically said this. He said, Brian, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. And when he did that, something in me, you know, it was like a bondage broke in my life. Like yeah. right at that moment, it's like a bondage broke in my life at that moment, yeah. right? And uh, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't really even know that that was there, but I knew at that moment, Pastor Gene believed in me. Yeah. And I felt that belief. I felt that love and that care. I felt that he believed in me. And when he did that, something changed. And yeah. I realized the truth of this. And yeah. I realized that, that everybody needs somebody to believe in them. 
And I knew, and he had said that, Brian, you're doing so good, you're doing this. And I've watched his statements and his words, and I knew he believed in me. And there's other people that believe in me, but I needed that. Like, I'm a decently strong personality, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm not a weak personality in that way. I'm not, I'm not really weak-minded. I've had moments yeah. where I've had to get better at that for sure. But at this point, it's not really a, a weak personality, a weak will, or, or weak in that way. It's pretty yeah. strong. But, but I recognize even I, I need somebody that believes in me. Yeah. I need somebody that believes in me. And um, so at that point, uh, I really got a hold of that. Well, I was coaching soccer for like the middle school soccer at Rachel's school. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I coached you before that, and uh, that went okay. But I think it was Rachel's team yeah. that I was coaching. And um, I'm coaching this one year, and I think we played eight games that year, and uh, we, we lost eight games. And uh, <laughs> it was awful. And I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose at all. Yeah. And uh, about that time, we lost all eight games. And uh, it was yeah. just bad. And and I was like, man, can you get used to losing? <laughs> can you get used to losing? I'm not sure, you know. And uh, so anyway, I was sitting there, and we went the whole season, and we didn't win one game. And that was the time that I found out <laughs> I am not a good coach. Like, I'm a bad coach, you know. And uh, at that moment, I went, I don't know what I'm doing. Because I went in, I had a plan from the get-go, and uh, we just couldn't get a win. We just yeah. could not get a win. And we had, now, we didn't have the greatest team. We didn't have the most skill. Matter of fact, I would say out of all the teams out there, we probably had about one-third on the level. You know, we had about one-third of the skill. All of our, all of our kids were younger, and mostly. Uh, most of the teams were mostly boys we were playing against. There were a couple that had some girls. We had a mixture of about 50-50 girls and boys. Um, our kids were about uh, probably a year or two younger on average from the other teams we're playing. So physically and skillfully and age and and uh, gender, we had a lot of negatives, but still we should have won at least one. And there were moments where we were close and we just did not gel and it just didn't work. And, and I was like, I am not a good coach. And, um, and, and I said, Lord, I went to the Lord because I had been struggling in ministry and struggling in those areas, struggling, and, and just didn't feel like things were working the way that they should. I said, Lord, I don't think I'm a good leader. I don't think I'm a good coach. Like, it was not just soccer. There was more on the line than just the soccer game, yeah. you know. And, uh, and the Lord said, yep, yeah, that always feels great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the flesh. He was like... Yeah, it was kind of like a, I don't think he said anything to me, but it was almost like he said, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you know? And I was like, ugh, like, I don't like that. I said, Lord, yeah. and I just humbled myself. I said, Lord, help me be a good coach. Like, I don't want to be a bad leader, and I don't want to be a bad coach. Yeah. Like, this is not a time to break down and condemn myself. This is the time 
to look up and set my eyes above and set my eyes on him, you know. And I said, Lord, help me be a good coach. And uh, one of the first things that he said, one of the... One of the first things he said to me was that statement. That's when I got that. He said, everybody's looking for someone to believe in themselves. Everybody's looking for that. And so I went from that uh, to the next year, and I totally changed my perspective. I totally changed how I approached the team. And what I realized was, if you would uh, turn to, uh, if you would, Buddy, turn to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and then if you would turn, Abigail, turn to Second Corinthians three, four through six. So, one of the things was everybody's looking for somebody to believe in them. But the question is, and this is what was difficult for me is, I would look at people sometimes and be like, man, they don't have a chance. You know, like, I'm like not trying to be rude or negative, but, man, they didn't grow up in a good house. Their thoughts yeah. aren't right. They don't know anything about the word. They don't, like, everything's against them, kind of like our soccer team was. Everything was against us. So how do I believe in people that feel like it's unbelievable? Yeah. You know, the Lord's telling me to believe in people, but I'm looking at them, and all the facts aren't lining up for to believe in them. So I had to go to the Word, and I had to yeah. see, like, what can I believe in? And the Lord took me this direction, and this is part of the direction he showed me. So read that, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, mm-hmm. plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. So one of the things that, who is this, who is this verse written to? It's written to Israel, but basically everybody that's representative as the people of God. So if somebody is born again, they can grab a hold of this verse and make it theirs. Because, you know, he's not going to bless Israel in a lesser covenant than he is us in a greater covenant that includes us. So this is a verse that is a character and nature of God for everyone. Every person that knows God, every person that's in the family of God. And I want you to see this. Who in the family of God? Who in the family of God has a promise? Who has something that they can latch a hold of? Watch this. And with Christ can take Christ by the hand and go to victory. Who can do that? Every person. Who has the ability, right? Every person. So with Christ... I can put belief in people even if they weren't bringing anything to the table themselves because Christ has made a way. And so I found that even though I might not can believe in that person, I can believe in Christ in them. And that helped me to look at people with a totally different lens than what I had seen before. Okay, read with that in mind, read these verses. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 4. Four, is that what you said? Yep, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6. Such confidence we have through Christ toward God, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, 
not of the letter of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So the Lord has taken every person in him and made them able and adequate, and yeah. it says they're ministers, yeah. which goes back to the first point of leadership. Yeah. Everybody, the first thing that we <laughs> talked about was everybody is yeah. called to be a minister. Everybody's called to, to lead, yeah. and God has made us able to do that well. Yeah. He's made us adequate. But now, as a leader, I can look at the people that I'm called to serve and say, although you might not have brought ableness to the table and adequacy in yourself to the table, God has. God has brought that in you. And I can look at you and I can say, we can go and do this, not of your own accord, but of the accord of Christ. So now I can have a biblical belief in that person. Let's yeah. look at one more place. Uh, I, do you have Second Peter 1, 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4? So when we're looking at this, we see one more place where God has brought the adequacy and the ableness of God into it. And yeah. we see, now I can look at these scriptures and I can put faith on God yeah. for yeah. that person, yeah. to believe in that person with a true heartfelt faith. Because even though they might not be bringing it to the table, God has done it for them and through them. So look at these verses, last set, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, yes. so that by them you may become partakers of the divine yes. nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. So the Lord has given to every believer, the Lord has given to every believer yeah. everything they need to succeed, yeah. everything pertaining to life and godliness. And even to the people that aren't believers yet, he's given them the ability to have everything that they need. All they have to do is accept Christ. So I can look at it, you know, and one of the things I'll do is I will look at that person and I won't see what they're bringing to the table. As a good leader, I have to believe in them. I won't see what they're bringing to the table. I see what has God brought to the table in them and and. What's the purpose that he has in them? What's the purpose that God has in Buddy's life? What's the purpose that he has in your life? What's the purpose that he has? And I'll see those things and I'll say, and they might not have been able to get there by themselves. They might not have had vision for it, but I see God's hand in it. And I'll say, you can do this. Not because you could do it by yourself, but because you and Jesus can do this. And even if I see a a person who's not born again, I'll look at that person and say, you can do this because Christ will enable you to do this. Christ will enable you to do this. Christ will make you who you need to be. Christ will do these things. And so, you know, it's one of those pieces where a good leader has to believe in other people. They're looking for someone. And when they have someone that says, you believe in me? They'll follow that person. They will let that person help lift them up. And so one of the things in this story about the soccer team, it was 
it was funny because when I went into that second season, when I went into that second season, we hadn't won one, and we went into the first game, and I think the very first game, uh, it was a team uh, that I think we should have beat, and we still lost by like one goal. I was like, oh my gosh, like that was our one chance. You know, every other team is harder, you know. I was like, that was our one chance, you know. Like, ah. I was like, I had to dig deep to find belief that we could still win. You know, I had to dig deep to find that. And and then all of a sudden, what but what I did is I approached the kids. I said, guys, I believe in you. You know, you're you're awesome. You know, you're also, and I wasn't just blowing smoke. I had found belief yeah. in them through this word that God would give us the ability. Yeah. He would show us the wisdom. He would give us the strength on the field. He would give us the strength for a good practice. He would do these things. And man, I'm telling you, God backed it. And I'd, I'd go after those kids. And, and before, the year before, I was like pushing them. I was, I was leading them. I was pushing them. I was showing them all of these things, how to do it. I was teaching them how to push their flesh and everything. In other words, it was like me telling them what to do. The second year, I was leading them into it, and I was saying, I believe in you. You can do this. You can do this drill. You can do it better than you've ever done it before. And I was letting that belief come through. And so we went on. I think it was our second game. And our second game, we actually won right? Like we actually won, you know, (laughs) that second game, we actually won. And in that moment, when we, when we won, um, the, the kids were so excited. They gave me a Gatorade bath. Like they went and literally dumped ice and I was so accepting of it. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. Like we needed a win. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since we won this. And, uh, so, but we actually won that game and we went on to win more and more and more. And there was a guy on the team. He was now what was interesting about this year is we actually had more uh, girls on this team than the year before. Yeah. We actually were about a year younger in this team because after the last year where we didn't win any, some of the older players didn't even want to play. Yeah. And so instead of challenging themselves, they like, I don't even want to play, you know, and so they didn't go do it. I could have used their skill and their talent and their leadership, but they didn't, you know, they didn't come back. So I had a younger team, more girls, less skill on the team. And we, we won that game and we went on to win another game and we went on to win another game. Right. And they, they started to believe in themselves. It wasn't just coach believing in them. They started to believe in themselves and leadership was working in this way. And then, uh, I had this one, uh, this one a kid on the team, and he was one of the older kids, and he just, he wanted to be the offensive star, like he wanted to be the star of the offense, but the issue is, and, I, and I've played, I had played offense quite a bit when I was younger, you have to understand spaces, you have to understand how to get into a space, you have to understand how to take a space, you have yeah. to know when to dribble perfectly, and when to dribble, dribble for speed, right? Yeah. And he just wasn't getting that. He wa- It wasn't connecting. Like he could do it, but when he yeah. get in those moments, it's like he would do the wrong thing. And he constantly, he just wasn't getting that, wasn't getting that. And my belief in him was not that he would be the star there, but actually that he would be the goalie. He, w- he had a, 
He had a natural feel in the goalie position, but he had wanted to do it for so long. He had wanted yeah. to be this offensive star for so long. Then all of a sudden, um, you know, he just he he wanted to be it. He was so mad if I'd take him out of that position and so upset. And I was like, no, nah, you're not doing good. Like I got yeah. other people that are doing good. And so then I've got to, you know, I'd give him a chance. Like every game, I try to give him a chance. And he just would not see those spaces properly, he wouldn't run with it. And I was like, God, he just isn't working. When it came time, we actually won enough games to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And we get into the playoffs, and here he is, and he comes up to me, one of the greatest moments as a coach and as a player. And he said, Coach, he said, he said, I know I've been wanting to do this. He said, and I know you've been wanting me to be in goal. He said, I tell you, he said, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. And I was like, come here, <laughs> come here, come here, you know. Like, and, and, he, and he came up, and I said, I want you to play goalie. I, you are talented at that. You are gifted at that. I believe in you in that, in that goal. And so the interesting thing was about the, we had played this one team that was like all eighth grade boys, and uh, we would go, and they, they were killing everybody. I mean, they would, they would win they would have double-digit score in every game, and that would be with them holding back. And most yeah. people would either have one or two goals or blank. And that was yeah. just because they got lucky. And so we go, and we're playing. I put him in goal. We win the first playoff game. We win the second playoff game. And all of a sudden, now we're playing in the championship game. So we went from a blank season, a, a zero-win season, yeah. to now we're playing in the championship game with a lesser team, Right. But, but coach believed in them, and they started to believe in themselves. And all of a sudden, uh, we get in this game, and this team had never lost the whole, whole season. We're playing against them in the championship. They beat us twice, two or three times now. And, uh, they, I mean, they, they were, like, just expecting this to be easy, you know. And, and everybody, even, our, even <laughs> our players and everybody. But I said, and I went to the team ahead of time. I said, guys, I believe in you. We have a plan. You guys have heart. They might be big. They might be more skilled. But I believe, oh, man, it's come back to me now. I believe you have more heart than that other team does. I believe in you. And if we will put our heart out on the field and we will attack them and not act like they're bigger and better, I believe we got a chance to do this thing. We got, we got a chance yeah. to do this thing. And so we started playing, and man, the guy who played goalie, he, he had, like, I wish we could have had that whole game on video just for his goalie uh, defense. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, he knew I believed in him, and he gave it everything. He saved so many goals. It, it was like, I, I was like, oh, my gosh, look at this. awesome. like, yeah, go, go. You know, it was so great. Yeah. And uh, I had these little fifth-grade girls going up against these eighth-grade guys getting in their face, stealing the ball from them. I mean, yeah. challenging them. They weren't backing down for nothing. They believed in coach, and they believed in themselves. And, and it was at the end of the first half, it was like one-to-one -one or two-to-one. It wasn't a blowout by any stretch. Yeah. And I said, I told them we had a timeout. I said, come here, guys, come here. I said, look at their faces. I was yeah. like, they are scared. They've never been in this position before. They've got this small team that's eating their lunch. That's you guys. I believe in you. And they're like, yeah. You know, all these, you know, these fifth grade girls are running out like, yeah. 
you know, and it was a great moment, you know, it was really a great moment, and uh, we go in, and I'd love to tell you that we won the game, we didn't win the game, it was, I think the score at the end was three to two, but we had them on their heels, they had never even come close to that, and, and literally when we won, when they won, they were like, yeah, it's no big deal, we won the championship, our team having that kind of game it was like we won the championship with what yeah. we had. It yeah. was like David versus Goliath, yeah. and and we and we were so close to a to a win yeah. that it was like we won. You know, you'd have thought we won the way we were celebrating. Yeah. And uh, but that team believed in themselves. We had less skill. We had less less uh, age. We had we had more girls than we had boys. Everything was against us. Yeah. But they played with heart because. A coach believed in them. Yeah. And so when we, when you start to believe in people, that's when you really start to lead them. You've yeah. got to see, put this in the comments, you must see the potential that's in the people that God's called you to serve. You must, we must see the potential that's in the people that God has called us to serve. This is the beginning of leadership. So, you know, the three points that we talked about today, the beginnings of leadership is number one, you must lead yourself. We must lead yeah. ourselves. Two, leadership is leading people, not being praised by them. Three, we must believe in the people that we're called to serve. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Did y'all get something out of that? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. So, God will help you, He will show you. And, and true, and I'm not just, not just blowing smoke. I believe in you. I believe in what you and the Lord can do because he's made you able and adequate ministers, and it's going to be a great, great uh, testimony and a great story, and I look forward to hearing all of those for you. I just want to pray for you. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for helping us to be good servants and good leaders. Lord, we focus on ourselves first. Father, we, we focus on the fruit of leadership, not just being seen by people. And Lord, we just focus on our belief in people. Lord, let our, let our heart change from just what we're called to do to helping people fulfill what they are called to do. Lord, we thank you for it, and we praise you for it, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Thank you for your wisdom. In the name of Jesus, amen. Glory to God. We just praise God for you. And, uh, you know, if you would like to sow today, you are welcome to. We don't, you know, you do not have to give at all. You do not have to give, but you are welcome to give. You can go to giveww.org. You can give by cash app, PayPal, Venmo, text to give, cryptocurrency. Give one time or give on a regular basis. But our job is to receive it, put it to use, to serve people all over the world, and to lead them according to biblical ways. Our job is to teach them and, and sow that good news into people every weekday. That's what he's tasked us to do and in the ministry, and you get to be a part of that if you would like to. You definitely don't have to. We sow it into you, but our job also is to bless it. When it comes in, we put it to good use, but we bless the sowers. So, Lord, right now, we bless every person that's sowing. Let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over, 
In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. We give you all of the glory. Thank you, Lord, for supernatural testimonies of sowing and reaping. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you so very much. Hope you've enjoyed this today on the beginnings of leadership. Have a great, great day. And uh, here's Marky to wrap it up. Hey, guys, that was phenomenal message. So make sure that you send it to someone. People need to hear that message. Your friends, your family, people you meet at Walmart, whoever, whatever connections the Lord is putting on your heart, send it to people. You can also take the link and put it into Facebook um, as a status. And um, do us a favor. And if you have not already, subscribe because the whole point is getting the word to people. And you can also turn on the notifications so that uh, whenever we go live, you get a notification so you don't forget. And uh, like this video, and thank you. Thank you for all of your support. To everybody who has subscribed already, thank you. To everybody who's liked this video, commented, thank you for your support and your help in us reaching the lost and encouraging people and getting the word out to people. Just want to remind you, tomorrow is Tuesday, which means we have memes. And we have, yep, that's real, right? Isn't yep, that's real on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, yes. I only do it every single Tuesday. But yes, uh, Abby said, yep, that's true. It is on Tuesdays. <laughs> it's a little joke right there for you. Okay, hope that joke lasts and suffices until tomorrow when we come back at 1130. If it doesn't, you can watch other videos. We have awesome videos. We have them separated into what's the word, and we have all the games and stuff. So go, go watch some videos. Okay, if, okay, we love you. We'll see you tomorrow at 1130. Bye, guys. Bye.